Welcome to Double E Elevating Entrepreneurs. Today I'm here with a special guest, Mark McRae. He's actually the owner of the podcast suites that I regularly use for Double E. And he also has a second business called Clear Media Network, Uh um, which is pretty exciting. Um, He has a ton of experience in broadcast radio since uh, 1991. Um, and he's worked with The Weeknd and Cardi B and some other exciting people that we're going to talk about today. So, Mark, why don't you go ahead and say hi to the audience? Hi, everybody. Thank you for, uh, you know, letting me come on your podcast and be a part of what you're doing. That's awesome. Congratulations on doing your podcast, too. <laughs> Thank you so much. And we're happy to have you. So tell us a little bit about how you got into the the world of broadcasting. Where did that begin? Well, you know, it, I'm from Chicago originally. And how I got everybody who's been in radio has a story on how they got started. And everybody's story is very unique. Um, mine is um, not different in, in the sense that it's a, it's a unique story. It, at the age of 15, um, uh, I was going to my senior high school. I actually started college at 16, but it was one summer in Chicago. My mom had said to me, you know, you're, you're too old to go to camp and you're too young to sit around here and do nothing. So you need to figure <laughs> out something, right? Mm-hmm. So we found out that Columbia College in downtown Chicago was giving college kids, high school kids, college credits for taking a class. Okay. Uh, we found out about the program a little late. So the only classes that were left were um, radio, television, or aerobic dance. And since I was an awkward 15-year-old, huh. yeah, I wasn't doing aerobic <laughs> dance. No. And I wasn't going to do television. Um, I just didn't okay. feel, you know, I was awkward. So I just said, I'll, I'll just do the radio thing. And I really did it as a way to appease my mom one summer. I had no interest in radio. I used the, <laughs> I, I listened to the stations, mm-hmm. to stations, but... And then I, I went there, and um, but I've always been into audio equipment and, you know, all that stuff and music. And then when I got the job, uh, when I went to class my very first class I just I was hooked I was hooked the minute I stepped into the classroom I was I was and saw the studio and saw the lights and the the you know tapes and the cartridges and uh the records I, it was just it, it was at that particular moment at 15 years old I'm like oh yeah this is it this is what I want to do that's awesome and so then I went to college um at 16 to Southern Illinois University which is in um the southern part of the state, right outside of St. Louis, about an hour and a half outside of St. Louis. And I um, started my radio career there at the student station. And then after a year there, I got hired at a top 40 station in Carbondale, Illinois, which is where the university was. And then from there, um, I went to Chicago, which is a really large market. My hometown I was in the air doing a soft rock station, then moved to Dallas, did some stations here for a while, moved to Austin, did that, West Palm Beach for 10 years. And then I've been back here since 2011 doing radio until, um, uh, I guess it was um, March of last year, March of 2020, oh, April last year in the pandemic, I uh, left the radio station and started doing some of my own things. Cool. Mm-hmm. So um, what are some of your favorite experience like throughout that career? And then what made you want to leave and start your own thing? Well, it's a couple of things, you know, um, at, at that point in my career, radio is kind of thinning um, as far as um, employees at the radio stations. And I was a pretty high executive and I, would, I probably was making a little bit too much money at the time. So <laughs> it was kind of like a mutual thing. I was ready to go and they were probably mm-hmm. tired of paying me. And um, um, and I already had this business open. Okay. So um, I opened up the podcast studio business in 2019. And oh, okay. Yeah. So I... I um, left the radio station and started doing my own thing, started really diving headfirst more into this. And then I opened up another company 
to make sure that I still had my foot in broadcasting, which is what, you know, the first love is. So, mm-hmm. um, which is where clear media was born. I guess we'll talk about that down the road here, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So that, that's kind of, um, what made me, um, do that. And I think your, your other question was some of my favorite experiences. There's mm-hmm. so many, I mean, I've <laughs> some of them are celebrity based and some of them yeah. are, are, um, you know, just the fun of connecting with listeners and doing positive things for people. You know, I've given away a lot of cars to people. I've That's cool. Given away a lot of cash to people. And, you know, we've changed some people's lives with, you know, some promotions that we've done. And nice. those kind of things are the most rewarding to me. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. cool. What was like, uh, so did you get to meet these people that you gave? Some of the celebrities? To? Oh, you mean like are the listeners? The listeners. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. There was a story. There was a, we did a promotion once where there was, um, I was endorsing a furniture uh, store in Austin. And okay. we did this thing where um, they wanted to give, a, you know, a room full of furniture to somebody who doesn't have furniture, people that don't have furniture. And I thought to myself, you know, are there really people walking around that don't have like any furniture and they was like I learned from that contest very quickly that there was a lot of people that are living in empty homes or living in empty oh, apartments wow. you know sleeping on mats and stuff and so um we blessed this one family with a, a whole deal and I remember I, I went to the owner of the furniture store and I said hey you know I got all these letters with these sob stories and I know we blessed this family with the whole thing but there's this lady here and her and her daughter are sleeping on the floor in their apartment I said can you know how much can we give them like you know you got a stack of twin beds back there. Can we give like each one of them like a bed? Like, you know, and the owner said, no, <laughs> he said, no, I already gave y'all like $600 worth of furniture for this promotion, which he made back with the, you know, the promotion. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just was like, really? He's like, yeah, I, that's, that's the, the promotion. You know, I said, well, how much are beds? And he's like, well, you know, there's such and such. I said, well, what if I bought them? And he gave me a deal. I bought these people two beds, you mm-hmm. know? And I'm not telling that story in like a self-serving way, but it's just one of those things where, and, and as far as they knew, the radio station gave it to them. I didn't give it away as Mark gave it to them. Right, like the radio right, station right. also did it, did this as well. Um, but just the look on their faces when, you know, you, you, you give people stuff and then they actually meet you in public and they see you someplace. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's really rewarding. So, yeah, that's awesome. To answer that question. Yeah, that's cool. And then, yeah, tell us about your celebrity encounters. <laughs> uh, so many. Um, anybody in particular you want to know if I've met or uh, – um, I'll, I'll tell you the weekend. Okay, okay we'll start yeah, with him. Yeah. So the, uh, for many years here, I programmed a station here in Dallas called 97 on the Beat. I was the mm-hmm. uh, program director and operations manager and later pro- okay. promoted to the vice president of programming. What what that job basically means is that it, you're responsible for anything that comes out of the speakers of the radio station. You hire all the DJs. You're the one that's in charge of the music rotations. Um, a lot of the promotions that you on the air, who you want at these concerts, have to go through you. Um, so it's a pretty big job, uh, very stressful job at times. Um, um, but, you know, it's also our job to pick the correct records at the radio station because if you pick the wrong records, they can affect your ratings. You don't want to play a bunch of records that are bad. So, you know, a lot of times radio stations don't break records, which means that you're not always the first to play a record. A lot of program directors play it safe in the sense that, okay, well, it's already working in these 20 cities. Now it's safe to play, okay. which is a very safe way to program radio uh-huh. station and, and a winning way to. But then there's other people that take chances on songs. You say, I hear something. I think that there's something here. I'm going to be the first to play it. Um, not necessarily for the accolades of being the first to play it, but I actually believe that there's something there. So I've been able to do that with several artists in my career. Um, and one of the ones I'm most proud of is The Weeknd. So The Weeknd, um, Wicked Games was a song that they weren't even sure they were going to get able to be played in radio. Um, so we, we, we threw it on the air, and um, it did well. 
and um, the station started other other because Dallas is a very influential market. You play it in Dallas, then Waco and Austin picks it up. Oklahoma City starts to well, what is this record that they're playing in Dallas, and then you know, Houston plays it, and so it ends up spreading. So we've been able to um, launch that particular record. And um, when I ran into the weekend, um, probably within a year of that. He came up to me and he was like, you know, I heard that a lot of this is because of you and I really appreciate it. So he was very, wow, very sweet. Cool. Yeah, and his management team has been very nice to me as well mm-hmm. about it. Um, so that's one artist that I was able to work with. Um, um, there was a song back in, the, I think, like 2008, 2009 called uh, This Is Why I'm Hot by an artist named Mims. Mm-hmm. And um, um, one of the DJs that worked at my radio station had produced that song and he asked mm-hmm. me, could we play it? So we broke that record there. So there's there's That's some of the stories cool. here. Yeah. Um, Cardi B did a a, a concert for me. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, Wait, yeah. She Wait, did. What? <laughs> she did. A, she did our car show every year uh, of no one way. year. We do a car show every year, and she did it for us. So she was really uh, an interesting bird, um, but very cool. I, I like Cardi. She she did a great job for us. It was very early in my, our career. It was right after Bodak Yellow had went like to the top of the charts. No way. And so we were able to get her <laughs> to secure to do a show from. Um, from her because we were one of the early stations to play that so um, now there's no way in hell we could afford her to do anything oh I'm sure oh my god (laughs) but at that particular point in time she did the show actually she did the show and it was just announced that she had started dating the Migos and we had um, Mm. uh, one of the guests in Migos Offset I believe she's dating and and, um, Migos did that same show so that was pretty cool yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's pretty yeah, awesome. You just got to take those opportunities. You never know, right? Yeah. <laughs> you never know. You never know. Yeah, yeah. That is so neat. Okay. So to explain to us how you transitioned from working for the radio station, um, you were already working on the podcast suites, right? You mm-hmm. had that already open. So how did you balance the the two of those? Like, how did you make that happen? What did that look like? Well, to, to, to start about the genesis of the podcast suites business is that I just had, I had to have said several businesses in my life okay, and they've, most of them have crashed and burned, um, uh, brilliantly. They've just been terrible businesses. Um, most of them online. Um, okay. all of them were online to be honest with you. This is the first business that I started that wasn't online. This was an actual, you know, it's an actual location. So I took a chance. Um, it was a gamble. Um, but I noticed that there was a lot of people that wanted to do podcasts. And when I started listening to podcasts, there's a lot of people that are doing it terribly. And then just in doing some research, there's a lot of people that went out and bought a lot of equipment that's, you know, didn't work right. And, and audio is tricky. Um, and then I have a nephew, um, who at the time was in high school and he's a real interesting kid. And I just asked him if he, you know, why doesn't he do a podcast? He was staying with me one summer and he just basically said, he goes, I'd like to do one of my friends. I just don't know how to get started. We don't, it's just, he was intimidated by the process. Mm-hmm. I said, well, what if there was a place you could go to and just start recording and just leave? And I said, it was, he says, yeah, we'd probably do that. Mm-hmm. He says, but I don't know of a place that's like that. And that, that's kind of where it was born. It was born. Okay. Yeah. So fitting that, so, you know, there's a need there and mm-hmm. you fit it with the so, solution. So, and then also what I started to do as far as managing it, you know, my, my other job was very, very busy. So I pretty much had the studio open during the times where I wasn't working. Okay. Smart. Yeah, that's what I was, you know. So I would have it open in the evenings and all weekends. And, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes I'd open it up during like a lunch hour or something like that. I would okay. I would do that and leave those times open. Um, and then I had some other people that I, you know, a couple of radio guys and females that, you know, 
they like did mornings or they did an earlier shift and they'd be available in the afternoons and they would sometimes help me run it and I'd pay okay. them to run it. You know, if somebody really wanted to be in here like three o'clock in the afternoon, then, then I would work that out. So that's kind of um, how I managed it. And then obviously when I, I left the radio station full time, I was able to just open up my schedule and right. just be here as needed. How long did it take you to transition from doing it on the side to leaving the radio station and doing it full time? Uh, the day I left the radio stations, pretty much it happened. I mean, if I left there on a Monday, the Tuesday I was up here all day. No, no, no. I mean, like, time frame. Like, how long was the podcast we opened before you were actually there full time? Oh, um, I opened it up in, um, July of 2019, and, uh, I started being at the podcast studio full time in early April of 2020. So, okay. you know, about eight months, I guess, something yeah, like that. that's pretty good. Yeah, but maybe, maybe less than that. Maybe about nine, ten months, yeah. Okay, yeah. perfect. And then tell us about all the services you guys offer here. So we do, um, we really help, the genesis of the business is to help people start their podcast or find a safe place to re record. The The reason that we feel that we've been successful is because, you know, like with any business, you have to find where the need is. And sure. the need was, we noticed that there was a lot of people that were recording at home that weren't happy with their sound, A. Mm -hmm. B, people don't know which equipment to buy. Equipment's expensive and audio is very tricky. Uh, there's a safety component, like people wanting to have guests at their house um, or guests record with them, but they don't want people at their house, which I strongly well, suggest yeah. you don't do that. <laughs> Probably um, not the smartest safety-wise. No. Safety and then just, you know, ignorance, not in the derogatory sense, but in the sense that, you know, I just don't know what I don't know and I don't even know how to get started and I always mm -hmm. want to start a podcast, but I don't know what to do. Sure. And they just need some people to... Uh, to help them there's a lot of people that learn how to do stuff you know it's a, kind of a side commentary some people learn stuff by going online researching it and getting it done other people don't learn that way they need somebody to show them i need you to show me mm -hmm. teach me in person how to do stuff mm -hmm. and i think this is a great business for those type of people i'm a really i'm not a sit down and read a mm -hmm. manual from cover to cover to learn how to do something. Right. I would rather you sit down with me and walk me through it and then I got it. Right, right, right. And so this business is perfect for that type of individual as well. Um, so that that's um, one of the main services we offer to answer your question is mm -hmm. helping people get launched. Okay. Helping get their, them get their podcast up on Spotify, iTunes and all that. Sure. Uh, and it's a one-time fee where we sit down with you and we teach you how to upload that particular podcast and future podcasts so that you are self-sufficient. Right. So that you don't right. need to go to anybody else to upload. It's not a terribly difficult process once you learn how to do it. Right. right. So we don't, and we also don't think it's fair to be hitting people over the head for a fee every time they want a podcast to be uploaded, A. And then B, it's also unethical, in my opinion, to have people's passwords to their RSS feed or wherever they're uploading. Yeah, right. yeah it's not cool. <laughs> it's not weird. cool. So that's that. We offer voiceover services. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We offer voiceover services. We uh, obviously offer the recording studio. We offer video services. We offer editing services um, as well. And we also do a lot of podcast coaching. That's awesome. Yeah, helping so, people with their. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about what, more about what the vo voiceovers are used for and then about the coaching, kind of what that would look like. So the voiceovers, so people need podcasts. If somebody wants a podcast intro, okay. um, then we'll do we'll do that and we'll do a royalty-free music. And the reason you need royalty-free music is because you can't grab like a beat from like Rihanna and right. use that. Yeah, because then you <laughs> could get shut down. 
Uh, it's copyright infringement. So we'll give you the music that won't get you shut down. We offer a whole library of that. And then we offer voiceover services. I do a lot of voiceover work. Um, and Tony Scott does a lot of voiceover work. And, we, and I have access to a lot of voiceover people. So we do a lot of um, um, voiceovers for clients, you know, um, like welcome to the Joe and Pod, Joe, Joe and Schmo podcast, you know, and, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, so we've done that for a lot of, uh, you know, our hobbyists or our corporate clients. We do a lot of that. Um, okay, nice. um, so that's, that's kind of that. Um, and then obviously we're on the air, so, you know, we use our voice a lot. So that's sure. the voice. You definitely stuff. have that, uh, radio. Thank voice. you. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. That is so cool. And so, yeah. So tell us a little bit about your other business too. Um, you know, you said you do a lot of the broadcasting with that mm-hmm. one. Um, so introduce that business and so, tell us how that was born. Yeah, so that's called Clear Media Network. Um, and that's a passion project, um, much like Podcast Suites is. Mm-hmm. But Clear Media Network is um, my footprint also is to still be doing broadcast radio, which I still have a, a high passion for. Sure. Um, and what we offer is we offer programming services to radio stations across the country. So what that basically means in layman's terms is, is that if there's a radio station that needs a format, format mm-hmm. being country alternative rock or top 40 or um, R&B, we offer that. We mm-hmm. offer the entire music. We program the radio station for them. And we wow. also offer the DJs to them. And they could be anywhere. So, for instance, um, we have two stations that we're on the air at in Waco, right? One mm-hmm. of them is a soft rock station and the other one is an oldie station. Okay. So, we send them the music every day, shows up there, um, the way the rotations are set. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all the on-air personalities are also through us as well. Okay. So, you know, and our on-air personalities are all over the country. They can... Um, voice track in so what they'll do is they'll go into a system and they'll talk over the songs and then they play in that market like they're there and they and they even also have all the stuff that they need to talk about what's going on in Waco and they could be in Seattle or Chicago or South Florida and and it'll be like they're there so we offer programming that's kind of cool (laughs) yeah yeah so we just started that we're not even a year old and we're on about 10 stations so far across the country wow Mm -hmm. that's pretty impressive that's really cool so what is your, your vision for each business? Um, I don't necessarily think that Podcast Suites is a multi-million dollar business. Um, right. <laughs> um, but I think that it's it's um, a, a profitable business um, like um, a local a local business. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's franchisable. And I think that if I really have pie in the sky dreams of that, I think sure. that this could be, I think there could be a podcast suites in every city. I think we could brand that and get yeah. that going. But the, the, the deal with these particular businesses that I'm real particular about is that um, a lot of people have studios, but a lot of people have bad ones. Mm. They're, they're just not run correctly. And a lot of it's because sure. they don't, I've run into too many things with clients where if I didn't have the broadcast and technical experience, I would have really been screwed. I'd have been, I'd have been in trouble. Right. 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 So yeah. my thing with franchising it out is that I'm just concerned that mm. it would be put in a market and it would just be not done correctly. Quality. Yeah, yeah. You know? Sure. So, um, but, but I think it would be great if we, they could franchise us out and there'd be a podcast suites in every city or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually think that we're close to these things probably in the next five years that there's going to be a bunch of these studios everywhere. Um, right. Uh, the other business is um, the the goal is to have um, countless affiliates to us to be able to, to to blanket all over the country and provide great programming to radio stations that need it um, as to as many markets as we can. Um, okay. 
you know, right now we're at 10, grow that to 50, grow that to 100, and grow into the several hundreds and make it, you know, um, a, a business that's not only, you know, a major corporation and a major broadcast entity, but also um, a quality service, you know, because there's a lot of bad radio stations out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of bad networks that are just kind of like, you know, we're on the air, but they, it's the, the product's not fantastic. Right. right. And so we're trying to elevate that. Um, okay. And so that's the goal. Okay, so what um, what do you feel like makes you stand apart for that business? I just think that um, we're run by people that are really passionate about radio. I think that there's a lot of radio corporations, and this is not any shade to anybody, but <laughs> it's it's like with any business, you know. There's um, you know mass produced businesses where it's like, and then there's right. other ones that are like, you know, they they just do it better. Right. You know, it's like your favorite restaurant. You can go and get something that's you know. But you can also go to some places like, oh my God, this is, this is, this is great. Yeah. This is the real stuff here. Quality. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the business that we're trying. That's how we're separating ourselves. Like this, like we're separating ourselves. Like if you put us on, we'll be somebody that, um, even though we're not in your market, we could still beat your competition. We still want to give you a quality product and we have, um, really high IQ radio broadcasters that are running this, not necessarily, um, you know, a bunch of corporate people that kind of are not as into the art as they are as much as into the profitability for Wall Street. Mm, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like that. So, like, they they actually have a more legitimate why behind it. Right. And it's not just to make money. And there and there's a thirst for that. There's a thirst mm-hmm. for um, radio stations that are like, you know, there's other services out there, but they're big corporations and mm-hmm. they're just giving you like, well, you're, you're going to eat what we feed the you. Standard package. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. but this is like, you know, an elevated, you so know, kind of like boutique, like you customize it. Yes. Okay. Yes. Very cool. Yeah. So what are, um, some examples, I guess, tell us a little bit more about from the broadcast side. Uh-huh. Yeah. So like, um, like for our station in, in, in wake, I'll just use them as an example. Sure. You know, we, um, the, the radio personalities there are talking about stuff going on in Waco and they'll mm-hmm. send us stuff to read and they'll, it sounds like we are there. Um, okay. and then, you know, the program directors that we're using, um, I oversee all the programming for the whole company, but mm-hmm. like for our soft rock station, our oldie station, we have people that work for us that are specialists in that format. Like their whole career has been in soft rock and oldie. So this is something that they just know. They know where the right rotation of music is. They know which songs to play. They know how long to play and they know how to take them out. Uh, instead of just grabbing somebody who's like, well, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I've programmed some stations before and, well, what have you programmed? Well, I've done some top 40 and some rock. Okay, well, program this oldie station too, right? <laughs> um, and it just doesn't sound as good. So we have specialists in all those different formats who are overseeing that. I'm not a country guy. I've never programmed a country radio station. Could I? Yeah, I don't think that it would sound great. It would be satisfactory. Mm-hmm. But um, we have people that, like, that's what they do. They live it. They mm-hmm. breathe it. They've, you know, been in that realm um, they have an ear for it. Sure, it's and their specialty. It's their specialty. So yeah. that's something else that we're really doing is that we're hiring people that are specialists in each one of the formats to give our clients the best product they possibly can have. That's awesome. And what helps you find people that are... Just the relationships that we've had over the years. Um, you know, thankfully, I've got a good reputation and, and the people trust <laughs> right. me. Um um, and I'm a specialist in top 40, top 40 rhythm and urban adult radio, uh, which is okay. R&B, right? Yeah. Um, and I know enough about, 
you know, soft rock and, and all that, but I'm not going to be as good as somebody who that's where their whole career has been. Sure. Right. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, like I know what a good soft rock station sounds like, but I don't know if I'm going to be as good as putting one together on a daily basis and programming the music for it. Okay. So, um, yeah, that makes sense. so that's that we found those people just from our own relationships. Me and my business partner, he knows a lot of people. I know a lot of people. And then we have a network cause it's a pretty tight network of radio people. And you know, you, um, you can get the right people if, if, if you, um, apply yourself. And then also mm-hmm. there's some really talented radio people that are out of work right now because of all the cutbacks and they're looking for something to do. And so we've been able to secure some of those really big names and some of those really, um, you know, popular, um, award-winning program directors and air personalities that are looking for something to That's do. Cool. Yeah. Like who are you allowed to share? Well, I mean, these are people that are like, you know, just, they've been on the air for years in Seattle yeah. and, and those markets. So in those markets, they're pretty popular. Cool. Um, you know, um, but no like national names yet. Yeah. But we'll get there. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. How did you um, find or connect with your business partner? He was my boss. No way. Yeah. He was my okay. boss for years. He's actually. <laughs> Tell us how this happened. Yeah. So he was the guy that actually found one of the guys that brought me to Dallas when yeah. I was in Florida and he hired me to run the stations here in Dallas. No way. And so um, he okay. brought me on board and then we just ended up having a really close relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and part of the reasons why I think that we've had a really close relationship is because even though I was his, you know, subordinate, I mean, you know, he, mm-hmm. he was my boss, right? Mm-hmm. I could be real with him. I could have a real conversation with him. Cause a lot of times people just like kiss their boss's ass a lot. And <laughs> I, I don't do that. Right. Um, um, I don't think that you're really benefiting the company or your employer by not being honest with them. Yeah, right. And so he, he was one of those guys that I could just be like, you know, Gary, that's, here's the problem with that. This is not going to work. And here's why I feel that way. And he appreciated that. And so I think it grew some trust with us. And then we actually just became really close. And, um, even though he was always my boss, even when we worked together at the radio station, it was almost like I was more of his partner in crime to make stuff happen. And we've been able to, we were able to do some really big things working together. So we just kind of extended that relationship after he left the radio station. We just remained close friends and, um, um, and and still do and he actually owns a podcast studio in jacksonville because that's where he lives oh wow yeah yeah so after i built mine i helped him build his so they're really close okay very cool very neat well i like that that's really that's really cool uh, how crazy to think that like someone that was your boss is not your business partner. I know, right? It's 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 so awesome. <laughs> always build good relationships. You never know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Always just you know, just be your best self and yeah. just be real and be authentic and um wow. you know, those relationships they, they, they happen. Um you know it's not typical though. A lot of times the word, you know, boss or supervisor is mm-hmm. is has a negative connotation. But I've sure. had some really good ones too. I've yeah. had some really good bosses in my career, so that's cool. So tell us a few lessons that you learned. Like, you you know, you said you tried lots of businesses. They didn't work out. Now you have two, you know, growing and successful businesses that are going to get bigger. Um, what are some lessons that you learned or you wish you had known in that process? And what do you think also set you up to be successful with these two businesses? Well, I, I think one of the big takeaways that I've learned about any business um, is, is time and time management. Um I think that some of the failures that I had with some of the other businesses was all time and time management, meaning that mm. I had another full-time job. So I was not able to, to give the business that the, the support and the attention that it needed. So they were already bound for failure only because they were a screaming child that wasn't getting any attention. 
Right. Um, and, yeah. and know if you're going to go after something, it's something that you want to do, um, and you're really trying to grow a business, then you're going to have to really put the time in and, and make it work. But I was already given my, you know, my broadcast job 12, 14, 15 hours a day. So it left crumbs, wow. crumbs for the other job, um, mm-hmm. for the other businesses. And I think that that's probably the biggest takeaway is that if you're going to go in on something, make sure that you've got the time allocated, the time management to do it. And a lot of times you do have to work another job to fund the, the sure. future job. But understand that, you know, it, it's it's going to be, um, it, it's, it's challenging. It's, it's the same way with, um, um, you know, your part-time job if you if, or your, your, you know, your full-time job and you have a part-time job. Obviously, your part-time job is not going to get the attention of your full-time job. Sure. Same thing with going to school. You know, you're, if you're going to school part-time, um, you're going to achieve your goal, but it's going to take you longer. So you have to realize that. But you still have to put that time in. Um, and that's, that's really what it is. Um, um, that's probably my biggest takeaway is that you have to be all in to an yeah. extent, you know, and even if, even if you have something else that is paying your bills, you still have to find a way to be all in, um, to make it work just the same way you're trying to get your degree full, you know, if you're doing work part, you're working full time and going to school part time, even though it's a part time school, you still have to put all that effort in. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so what, um, like, do you have specific tips that helped you with time management, you know, uh, currently, especially because you're balancing two businesses? Right. I, I will tell you that my phone has been a godsend. I put <laughs> everything in my phone. Okay. Everything. Um, um, the biggest lie we tell yourself is that, you know, I'll remember that. No, you won't. No, you won't. You're, 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 you're setting yourself up. So, like, I've, I've gotten to the point now where if somebody says, hey, can we meet tomorrow at 4? It's like, yeah, I'm going to do it right now. I'm going to put mm-hmm. it in my phone right now. I'm not going to remind myself to do it later. Um, that's the main thing is that, okay. you know, when you commit to something and you get it done, um, anytime I've ever forgot something, something's got away from me, it's because I haven't written it down. Right. Um, um, and don't get me Understandable, wrong. Understandable because yeah. you've got so much going on. Right, right. And there's <laughs> been a t- business, yeah. life. <laughs> and there's been times where that has, it, it has happened, you know, um, only because you just get tied up and, you know, sometimes you don't have that luxury to stop everything you're doing to write something down. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I try to do it more times than not, you know. Um, that's one of the biggest time management tips that I would say is just make sure that you're always putting stuff in your calendar and get reminders so that you make sure that it is. The other thing too, is that if there's a task that you need to do, you know, um, sometimes setting yourself a reminder or, 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 or a deadline, right? Uh, I'm real big on seeing what's on my schedule for tomorrow or what's on my schedule for the day after. And if you put a deadline on there, like make sure this is done by today. Sometimes if, if it's done by Friday and you see it on Wednesday, you're like, oh my God, I, how did I forget that? It may, it's a good reminder that this is due today. Mm. You know? So that's another thing um, as far as just getting stuff done. And the other thing too is that you have to also make time for yourself. It's, it's critical, critical that you make time for yourself. Um, my, one of my biggest regrets, and I don't have a lot in life, but I have a few. One of my biggest regrets is that I was really terrible about taking my vacation time terrible mm. about taking it um and i would forfeit vacation time just because i just in my mind dang i, I would have taken that <laughs> i know right <laughs> you want to donate it <laughs> yeah i know i wish i could have um but you know i just felt that you know my mind was that you know maybe it was a display of maybe not how passionate i was to my bosses or whatever that you know i would take time off but you mm. you need that you know I had a brain tumor back in 2013, and that helped change my way that I thought about vacation. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
I started to take my vacation. I Appreciated to life more. I did, yeah. You were like, um, well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this job is going to be there if I got hit by a bus tomorrow, as morbid right. as that is. This right. job is going to roll on. It's not like the sure. radio station is going to go off the air and people are going to be crying in the streets. Right. Life goes on. <laughs> Life goes on. So right. I still need to you know, make sure I take care of myself and water myself from time to time. No, that's great. That's a great tip. And I think sometimes, you know, especially when you own your own business, you're an entrepreneur, you feel like you have to do everything and you don't take a moment to breathe. And Mm -hmm. I think that's so important because if you want to put more out, you can't fill other people up with an empty cup. Like you need to fill yours up as well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You're no good to anybody if you're depleted. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. And so um, what are some things besides that? You mentioned the time management that you think that you've adjustments that you made since those other failed businesses that helped these two be successful so far? Well, ma- mainly, you know, like the time management thing, I made sure that I set the time for it, met, set um, uh, achievable expectations, you know. Okay. Um, Explain what you mean by that. So, I mean, audience. like when I gave the example earlier that um, I know I had another full-time job, so right. I made sure that this business was open during the times that, Right. You know, and during, you were actually available. Absolutely. Right. Uh, exactly. So Not you can tr- manage it. Exactly. <laughs> so I set, you know, um, realistic expectations and I set realistic expectations for the clients as well. You know, um, you know, sometimes we want, you want business so bad, um, that you just start promising stuff that is going to put you in a really bad position. And I've learned not to, to do that as much, you know, it's kind of yeah. like, well, can I have it tomorrow? I won't be able to get it to you by tomorrow. If that's going to be a problem, I understand. But, mm. you know, realistically speaking, I can have it to you by Thursday. Is that going to be okay? And most people are like, okay. But I think that you need to set expectations for people so that you can deliver it. Be a man of your, or woman of your word mm. um, so that you can, you know, do what you say you're going to do. And if you don't, if you come short on those things, then you need to figure out a way to make that right with people. Because right. um, nobody's perfect. But I think people do read sincerity and they do read when you're trying to do the right thing and do good business with people. Yeah, and I'm sure people appreciate just being upfront, right, and yeah. knowing what to expect. I think a lot of reasons businesses fail or aren't successful is because of unmet expectations. Right. And people get frustrated, the client, the customer, the listener, whatever, um, the business partner, because they are not on the same page. And I think, yeah, if you clear that up, I think it changes the whole experience for everybody. And a lot of people, like you said, are more than understanding as long as they are communicated with. So Absolutely. Uh, they understand, you know, business. It's busy and stuff like that. So, um, but that's awesome. That's really good. And um, so, when you're hiring people, you're looking for. You said, yeah, a lot of it is with your network uh-huh. and relationships. Um, give the audience some tips that helped you build these healthy relationships, these good relationships, and your reputation. What are some tips that you have for that? Um, you know, paging back to what I just said a, a bit ago is that being a person of your word, being honest, having some mm-hmm. integrity. Um, being authentic, I think, I think that people, um, in this day and age, especially with the advent of the internet, people kind of know when they're being, uh, BSed, you know, they Mm -hmm. know when you're, you're, you're selling them, um, a bill of goods, right? So just be your authentic self, even if it's something that they don't want to hear, be honest with them, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's how I built my built reputations that I think that even if they didn't like what I was saying, it didn't come from a mean place. It still was delivered very professionally but it was also delivered very honestly. Um, uh, and I think that I've, I've, I've been able to do that with people. Um, the other thing is that I'm, I'm genuinely happy for people to do well. You know, sometimes people don't want people to do well, but I want people to do well and you want to grow people and help them out, be of assistance to people. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's important. Um, I let people know when they're doing a really good job. Um, mm. Even my colleagues. Hey, man, I saw that thing that you did. That's really awesome. Congratulations. I'm happy for you. Mm-hmm. I think that builds it because I'm, you know, radio in general and broadcasting and the entertainment business is a very competitive one. And a lot of times people hold compliments to themselves. Um, and there's been a lot of people that I've, you know, blown up and helped, you know, and, you know, told them they're doing great and it's not reciprocated, you know, and sometimes that's painful, but that's, you can't do it for that reason. You have to do it for the right reasons in your heart. Somebody else's, you know, win is not your loss, right? right. You know, um, and like I always like the, fly, the, the the saying, you know, blowing out somebody else's candle doesn't make yours brighter, right? Yes, and I, I agree like with that. that. <laughs> I agree. I agree with that. So I think you just lift people up. Just do the right thing, and and slowly but surely, um, you know, it it builds um, integrity and honesty with with people. Um, mm-hmm. I think people are very guarded. Uh, especially professionally and close to the vest with certain things. Uh, and I do think that unfortunately life is a competition. And I, I think most people do see that your win is a failure of theirs. Mm. And um, so I'm sensitive that I'm pathetic to that, but I'm also letting them know that I'm, you know, I'm not here. I'm here to shine just like you're here to shine. Right. And I think that's helped build me a lot of relationships with people. Yeah. So you're not, you're in competition with yourself, not with each other. Right. Uplift right. each other. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it also goes to the old adage that everybody knows, treat others the way you want to be treated. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so true. Sometimes we get so stuck in that mindset of you've got to win that we forget about that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just so important because it's like, okay, would you want to receive that kind of treatment? And then if the answer is no, then like, how do you change that? So you're receiving what you would want or mm-hmm. you're giving what you would want to receive. And I think that's just huge in, in life relationships and in business relationships. It's because, you know, when you're when you're failing, right, and you're struggling to build your business to grow, uh, you don't want to be the person that cuts that person down. You want to receive something that's going to build you, you want to keep going. So you want to do the same for others when they're struggling. You right. Know? Um, and then when they're winning and you're losing, you don't want to be like, man, good for you. Like, I suck. No. You want to say, like, I'm so proud of you. I can't wait till I get there. You know, and then it kind of feeds off of each other. You kind of build that right. for that relationship. And, you know, um, people need people, you know. So we need relationships, especially in the business world. We need to have healthy relationships to grow and to succeed in the community. So I think yeah. it's important to to um, build those properly. But yeah, no, th- those are some really great tips. And I think it's, you know, definitely helped you have a really successful career. Um, what are some things that you would like to do in the future? Um, you know, I want to make this radio network successful. Um, um, I, I want to be able to get to the point where, you know, um, this is a, a large enough corporation where this employs a bunch of people and, you know, brings some quality broadcasters back into the business. That's kind of a goal um, of mine. Um, some people that are on the sidelines right now um, mm-hmm. uh, build a radio company that I think that is, just feels different, feels better. Um, yeah. is, it's probably the, the large goal, the, the overwhelming <laughs> yes. goal. Yeah, um, sure. Um, and then also to not be in my 60s and 70s and still having to work 10-hour days. That's, right. that's the goal. <laughs> I'd like to be able to move around and move at my own pace. I mean – um, I'm far from that now. I'm only, I'm in my mid forties right now, but mm-hmm. I would like to, you know, in the next 20, 25 years to be able to have that luxury to move at my own pace and do what I need to do. Right. Um, and, and enjoy that, that part of my life. Yeah. So. I think that's a great goal. And 
think a lot of us want to achieve that yep. actually. So yep. <laughs> the the balance, right, where you're able to live life on your own terms mm-hmm. instead of stressing about money or trying to make right, right. Work, so. If I want to go in the office today, well, I'll go in the office. But if I don't, then I, I'm not going. Right. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm gonna, not going. If I want to go to the beach today, all right, I'm going to go to the beach. Mark yeah. coming in today? Yeah. I, I don't think I am. <laughs> I don't think I'm coming in at all today. Yeah. Or tomorrow. Yeah, the manager's got it, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Right, exactly. No, I love that. I think that's so good. Um, so throughout your business journey and your growth, uh, you've definitely learned a lot of lessons. Is there anyone specifically that mentored you? Did you ever have a mentor that kind of helped you oh, out? Several, several, yeah. Um, m- my business partner has mentored me, and he's actually told me that I've helped mentor him too. We've just learned okay. from each other, you know. Yeah. Um, um, but I've had a couple people that have just believed in me, you know. Um, um, one gentleman um, believed in me when I was really young, and he gave me a shot. Um, just an opportunity It was not afforded to most 19-year-olds. He let me go on the air in Chicago, which is – the way radio works is that your success is depicted by the market size that you're in, which means the town that you're in, the size of the mm-hmm. town. Okay. Obviously, um, a radio personality um, or a radio professional is considered more successful if they're on the air in Chicago than they are if they are in Chattanooga, right? Sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's just because of bigger the, area. the yeah, the bigger the area, the bigger the impact, the larger more the audience. Known. Right. Exactly. So, um, you know, and they're all ranked. All the cities in America are ranked. You know, okay. by size, right? Sure. Um, New York, LA, Chicago. San Francisco, Oakland, and Dallas, Fort Worth, those are the top five radio markets in America. Wow. Right. Okay. Um, those arguably some of the more prestigious markets in America. Okay. Then you get down to like, you know, large markets, which would be like Denver, St. Louis, you know, Tampa. Those are really large markets. And then you get down to medium markets, which is like Albuquerque, Omaha. Um, and then you get down to small markets. That's when you're like in Tupelo, Mississippi, and, you know, those kind of markets. So, um, so my very first station was in Carbondale, Illinois. So that's a considered a very small market. Mm-hmm. And to be able to go from Carbondale to Chicago, which is a huge market market, the third largest market in America, uh, somebody believed in me and gave me a shot and mm-hmm. put me on the air. Um, so that gentleman, Michael Spears, um, he's no longer with us, but he, he was instrumental mm-hmm. in that career because not only did he put me on the air at that station, but it also instantly gave me major market, um, um, recognition on my resume which was able to propel me to other states he also moved me to dallas too when i was 20 to work at a news talk station so i had dallas and chicago on my resume which was able to take me to a different area in my career than if i had you know traverse city and paducah kentucky on my resume so to speak yeah yeah. so he gave me a, a gorgeous opportunity so he's been instrumental and then i've just tried to give that opportunity back to several people i used to mm-hmm. teach at a broadcasting school in southern no uh way. south florida yeah and i would cool. <laughs> work there very selfishly i had more than enough to do but i took the, <laughs> i would work there probably once or twice a month i teach a class mm-hmm. and i did it to, to pluck the kids out of class that i thought had talent oh and i was able smart. to do that yeah i was able to do that and got had a few great employees one of the employees that i one of the students that i plucked out of school is actually here in dallas she followed me to dallas i hired her uh. here in dallas to come work with me yeah that's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. And then you got mentorship from your former boss, too, yep. your business partner. What's his name? His name is Gary, Gary Spurgeon. Gary Spurgeon. Yeah. Okay, very cool. That's so awesome. So um, what are some tips that you have for people wanting to get into the broadcasting world? Um, any specific tips that you have that um, it, it, help it, them? If he pays back to the very beginning of this, everybody's road to get in is different. You know, my, mm-hmm. mine was engineered by going to college, doing some internships, and just somebody taking a chance on me. Um, other people's journeys different, you know, um, but, um, you know, 
it, it's, it's a narrowing field. You know, so there's less jobs than there were 10, 15, 20 years ago, sure. especially in broadcast, probably in most industries, mm-hmm. but specifically in broadcast. So my thing is um, just be persistent. Um, if you really like hip hop music, mm-hmm. don't turn down a job at a country station, meaning that, you know, get the experience where you can. Right. Sure. Um, um, find out whether maybe there's an AM radio station that just needs you to run the controls and grow that. Get that experience. Um, be humble. Um, don't expect to come off the street. Next thing you know, you're the morning show host. It doesn't typically work (laughs) that way. Um, so understand that, get the experience, be humble. Um, don't say no to anything, um, ethically, of course, but don't say no to anything, you know, to get your experience. And that was the other thing that was very helpful to me in my early career. They would ask me, Hey, we need you to do this. Can you do that? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Hey, I need you to be on the air from two to six in the morning. Can you do it? Uh, Okay. Sure. Absolutely. You know, you do those things. And it was funny because, you know, when I turned into that guy that was asking people, okay, I need you to be on the air, you know, at midnight. And then they'd be like, oh, I got my cousin in town. I went, okay, I'm not asking you again. Right. I'm never asking you again. Right. Right. Because the that next person. That was the opportunity. That was the opportunity. Yeah. That's the opportunity. Right. You let it pass you by. Absolutely. You know, uh, you'll meet up with your cousin later. Right. When right. you get off the air. Right. right. This is the opportunity. And I just right. think about that, like mm-hmm. nothing could keep me from it. And a lot of the greats that I know that have been in this business, they've also have similar stories where they were thrown an opportunity. Um, and sometimes it was a less than glamorous opportunity. You know, mm-hmm. you just, you did it. Mm-hmm. And it endeared you mm-hmm. to like, oh, this person's hungry. They want to do it. Mm-hmm. And you are always interviewing for your next opportunity. You're always interviewing for your next mm. opportunity. So if you want to go. That's a good f- tip there. Right. So if you're <laughs> at level B and you want to go to level A, mm-hmm. when level A opens up, they're going to start looking at the level B people. And what have you done to make yourself the obvious choice? Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. If you haven't, then you're going to get mm-hmm. passed by. Sure. So you're, you're, you're interviewing. Don't interview for the job when it's open. Interview your job every day when you come into work. Mm. That's good. That's really good. I love that. That's awesome. Those are great tips. Uh, are there any schools that you recommend for people or any uh, online tools or, um, or podcasts? No. Well, I mean, if you're in college, I think that you need to capitalize on internship programs at some radio stations that do have. Uh, some stations do have internship programs. Be aggressive about those. Many internships, many interns have been hired at radio stations. Uh, I'm the product of an intern being hired at a radio station. And I've also hired interns at radio stations, several. Mm-hmm. So um, if your college has a program where you can get internship through, you know, the radio station or a radio station, then seek those out. And don't just seek out the station that you listen to. There may not be an internship program at that station, right? Sure. Um, you, you, you find out where there is and get the education to move forward, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you just never know, right? You never know. Just be right. open. Be Sounds open like to the it. biggest uh, uh-huh. advice you have. That's awesome. Exactly. No, I think it's so true. Yeah. Um, very cool. And then what about it for people that want to get into the podcast space? Um, any tips for them as well? Yeah, I mean, well, if you're in the Dallas area, come here. We'll help you out. <laughs> right. Um, but, you know, just, you know, we do a lot of podcast coaching here. One of the things I tell people is just make sure that you are, you're focused and you are, uh, make a commitment. Like you've made the commitment to, to start to do, to do regular podcasts. You have to do it regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to be committed to it. You have to do your research. Um, mm-hmm. You have to be aggressive. You have to, you know, go after interviews. You have to ask the questions. Um, and you have to study your craft, listen to podcasts, listen to broadcasters, find out, get some tips on how to do certain things so that, you know, you can, you know, be better, ask the right questions, um, get some interviewing techniques down, Mm -hmm. you know, um, 
those those things are really really important. Um, invest in yourself so that you can be the best person that you can possibly be. Um, um, nobody owes you anything. You have to go after it. Um, and um, the greats that achieve success are the ones that typically go after it. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I agree. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead first into it and make the commitment and just be disciplined about it. Very cool. Is yeah. there anything else that you'd want to share with us today? No, no. I think I, I think um, hopefully I, I shared some nuggets that are useful to I the people. Think so. Oh, good, <laughs> good. And I appreciate you even asking me to do this with you. It's my yeah. pleasure. Absolutely. How can everyone connect with you? Uh, I'm on Instagram. Um, my page is private because I put a lot of ignorant stuff on my Instagram page. <laughs> um, hey, but it happens. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, McCrazy Media. M C C R A Z Y. My name's Mark McCray, but on the air for years I was Mark McCrazy. The That's subdued awesome. individual in front of you. I was really super silly on the radio. You got to tell us how you got that nickname real quick. Uh, a, listener in, <laughs> a listener in Austin gave it to me. No way. Yeah. Okay. A guy in Austin. I was on a hip hop station in Austin. And, oh, man, I used to do so much crazy stuff on the air. Um, you got to do something crazy for us now. Uh, you're, <laughs> you're on the air. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but, you know, with callers and just making sure. me sarcastic and stuff. And this guy calls me up and he goes, you're not Mark McCray. You're Mark McCrazy. And I said, well, wait a minute. There may be something there. <laughs> so in, in Austin, I was using both names intertwined. And then oh when I went God. to South Florida, I just started using McCrazy specifically. That's funny. I love that. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Well, yeah, we appreciate you being a guest here on Double E. You guys be mm-hmm. sure to um, check out his podcast suite if you guys are interested in those services. Or if not, follow his you know, broadcasting station. I'm sure you guys will hear him on the radio. And yeah, I colleagues. do. Yeah, I do. I do some I do some on air shifts from time to time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that would be awesome. Very cool. Well, um, you guys stay tuned for the next episode of Double E Elevating Entrepreneurs. Thank you. Absolutely.